0: Listening to the Sit Down Standout Show, the podcast where people with all abilities and challenges can stand out from the rest, even if they've got to sit down to do it. I'm Ben and Dykstra, the Rolling Dragon, and it's time for this show to take flight. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Sit Down Standout Show the podcast that gives people with all abilities and challenges a chance to stand out from the rest, even if you got to sit down to do it. I am the Rolling Dragon, Ben and Dykstra, and with me is a very special guest. She considers herself the Lime Boss. She is a diagnostic nutritional practitioner. Please welcome Heather Gray. Heather, how are you?
1: I'm doing great, Rolling Dragon. How are you?
0: Well, I'm doing very well. So to get things started, you are a diagnostic nutritional practitioner. But can you tell me how that first started? Because that is a very unique job title.
1: Yes. Um. So, yeah, I. Uh, it was funny. I was a hairstylist for like fifteen years, and then after not being diagnosed with undiagnosed with Lyme disease for over twenty-seven years, that's how I became a, a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. I know it's a mouthful. Um, But it was basically to help heal myself, because if I was going to continue down the Western medicine model, I probably would not be sitting here today.
0: It's very true. And uh, I was just on uh, recently with Liza Blast, and she talked about how we discussed how Lyme disease has the ability to lie dormant within the human immune system for a number of years. Now you went to various doctors' appointments, and from reading on your website, you said that they were more concerned about numbing your pain as opposed to trying to fix the issue. Why do you think that was?
1: I think it's because that's what they they teach them in doctor school. They know how to cut things out and write prescriptions, but they don't, you know, they don't really get taught how to look for what's causing what um and so you know i think it's pure ignorance on their part sadly you know i don't think anything was like a sinister thing to keep me sick i think it was just kind of pure ignorance in the way the model is set up and it's it's slightly broken well,
0: that's fair enough there's room for improvement in every medical model and i'm sure the doctors that were trying to prescribe you medication were not thinking villainously and trying to find a way to make you deal with the situation even worse but after you developed your own program what made you decide to help others that were dealing with chronic illnesses
1: just so that nobody else would have to go through the same rigmarole that i went through you know like the cdc just recently um decided to acknowledge that chronic lyme disease exists so up until just two years ago, the very disease that completely debilitated me for over 30 years just got recognized. You know, so there's just, like I said, there's just a lot of holes in the system. And I, I never wanted another person to go through the pain, the suffering, the mental health stuff the way that I did.
0: Well, that is 100% understandable, wanting to make sure that everyone can live as comfortable and as pain-free a life as possible, regardless of what the condition is. Can you talk with us about how diet can factor in helping dealing with chronic conditions like Lyme disease or other conditions?
1: Absolutely. It's one of my favorite topics. Uh, in As an FDN, in the FDN world, we have what's called a dress for success program and it's diet rest exercise stress reduction and supplementation. And you notice that supplementation is last and diet is first because you can't supplement your way out of a bad diet. So diet is is foundational, it's key. And for those of us that have been sick for a long time or diagnosed with an autoimmune or have mental health issues, you know, everything that you put in your mouth, every bite will either take you one step closer to health or one step closer to disease. You know, so every every chance every time you eat, you get a chance to to make that decision for yourself in in health. And if you're eating packaged foods, you know um, if there's an ingredient on a label that you don't recognize, neither does your body, which then will cause an inflammatory issue. So if you can't pronounce something, you you know you really shouldn't be eating it. so you know, prepackaged food. Um, you know, a lot of grains, dairy. Those types of things are are linking to a lot of inflammatory issues these days, and are causing a lot of brain inflammation, gut inflammation. You know, a lot of anxiety, depression, leading to leaky gut. Um, you know, uh, dysbiosis in the gut. All kinds of of other health issues. It all starts and ends in the in the gut, and that all starts and ends with what we eat.
0: That's very very true. And every day we do have that choice. Do we eat the healthy fruit that came out of our yard or do we eat the chocolate cake that we bought at the store last week? That's an easier said choice than done, though.
1: Absolutely. You know, they make a lot of these foods actually addictive and and some of them have addictive qualities just on their own. So like wheat and dairy especially has their own addictive properties to it. So wheat has a molecule called gliadomorphine. And dairy has a molecule called casomorphine. And if you hear that last part of that word is morphine, right? So it's hitting those same opiate receptors and causing that. So there's some people like when I go to take them off of wheat and dairy, I tell them, I'm like, you're, you might actually go through withdrawals uh, for the next couple of weeks because it's, it's hitting those opiate receptors. And so, you know, I never want to like tell people that it's one easy cause it's not. Or two, you know, that they have to go without it for forever. Like I still have chocolate cake, but my chocolate cake is, is a, it's a step up. It's, you know, it's a paleo chocolate cake. It's made out of cassava flour or, you know, um, you know, coconut milk, you know, different ingredients that don't have as high a sugar. They're not GMOs. They're not, um, as inflammatory. So, you know, but I still try to limit it, right. You know, I only get dessert once or twice a week, you know, back in the day I was having dessert every day you know, and I was a hundred pounds overweight and I was anxious and I was angry, you know, and so there were trade-offs in life. Right. So, um, I, I kind of really like having my brain working and my energy, you know, high and I'm not reactive. I feel more joy. And so it's always, it's always a trade-off.
0: Right. And for anyone who is trying to go gluten-free, or dairy-free, whether it's a choice you're making or whether it's for medical reasons. That doesn't mean you have to quit your favorite things. That just means that you have to, first of all, slow down if you're probably overindulging, or you have to find a trade-off. I recently went to a grocery store and I tried gluten-free chocolate chip cookies. They had an oat flour in them and it it changed the texture and had a little bit of a different flavor, but I still thought they were quite good.
1: Yes, you can find some good substitutes, but you have to watch out not to fall into the substitute trap. You know, processed food is still processed food, you know, so and limiting processed food is really the the, the basis for foundation for good health.
0: Now, speaking of good health, as trying to provide nutritional plans and everybody is different, everyone's needs are different. So can you explain to us what would be one of the hardest aspects of your job?
1: You know, it's it is that individualized approach, but I like to run um, a genetics test on my folks. And then I also run a food sensitivity or zoomer test. And so usually when I have both those pieces of information, it helps me to figure out what your blueprint of health is. When you test for food sensitivities, that can be a low-hanging fruit. Um, to help get inflammation off a person's body like fast, like a lot of times people, especially ones with migraines, uh, with chronic pain, like they say within two weeks after going off their food sensitivities, they notice a huge difference. And then genetics looking at like me, like I keep messing around with dairy and I can't because in even genetically, I just don't process it well. And so looking at, you know, the genetics can even tell you, you know, our, I had a couple of vegan friends who, when I ran their DNA test, it actually showed that that's an absolutely horrible diet for them. You know, so it was great to actually be able to show them, you know, in black and white paper of like, look, you really should be eating more animal protein.
0: That is definitely interesting. And I've always found it fascinating that certain diets will work for other people and certain diets won't, it all depends. Every individual case is different, but I wanna go back to yours for a minute because not only did you manage to get yourself on a program, you had to get your son on a program after you found out that he had celiac disease. Now it is uh, Lyme Disease Awareness and Celiac Disease Awareness Month at the time of this recording. Is trying to get a diet plan for a child any different than trying to get a plan set for an adult? How different is that?
1: <laughs> you know, not really. Um, he was two when he was diagnosed with celiac disease. And sadly, I didn't know now what I knew back then or, or vice versa. Um, I just swapped out processed crap, regular crap for gluten-free processed, regular crap. And he had a lot of health issues throughout the years. And it wasn't until he was like nine or 10 years old, he's not sleeping at night. He's constipated. He's, he's, you know, getting labeled ADHD. And then I was going through my health crisis at the same time as well. And so I did some testing on him and, and realized that, you know, this just, standard American diet is what was having such a hard time with us and that we needed to switch to more whole real food and less of the processed stuff, you know, gluten-free mac and cheese is still really not much better for you than regular, you know, mac and cheese. It's still a, a processed food, especially the powdered, you know, the powdered dairy substitute and all that fun stuff. But, you know, so for him, you know, it wasn't that much different in the beginning I, I, it's funny, I don't work with a whole lot of kids anymore because I had a hard time getting through to the parents, like to be the adult, you know, like I had a teenager who was going through some horrible, horrible stuff and was in and out of the psych ward inflamed, you know, and I, I I asked the mom, I'm like, well, what's he eating? Oh, he eats pizza and just, you know, typical high school garbage, ha ha ha. And she laughed it off. And I said, I said, he, you know, you're going to have to switch up his diet. And she goes, you mean I'm going to have to cook for him? And I was just like, wow. um, Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. And so, you know, at at home, I find that, you know, you got to lead by example. So I think that probably is the big difference with kids is, is you can't do one thing and say another, you know? Um, So leading by example and explaining to them why they're doing and teaching them so that they have the foundation as they go out into the real world, as they get older, I think is going to set them up for success. But Yeah. So those were some of the pitfalls I found, you know, like working with other folks and kids for sure.
0: Hey, my fellow standouts. It's the rolling dragon Ben and Dykstra here to ask you a couple of questions as we've reached the halfway point in our program. Has life thrown you a curveball? Have you lived with what many people would consider unfortunate circumstances or unique challenges? How have you turned them around into something positive for yourself and for others? Is it your time to stand out from the rest? Well, then, register as a guest at www.rollingdragonmedia.com and get ready to stand out from the rest. And now for the rest of our story. Yeah, I can imagine sitting down in an office saying, Well, in order to help fix your son's uh, condition, we're going to have to modernize his diet, and them just giving you kind of the side eye, like, Oh, I'm going to have to put more work in. But the important thing about that is, is by leading by example, that by the time your child leaves your house, if you need to make a diet change or if you need to make a lifestyle change, by the time your kid leaves, it becomes second nature and imprinted.
1: That's what I was hoping for. And and he's. You know, now I'm 19 and out of the house. And I, I do believe that a lot of the foundation I helped set him is setting him up for success now. Um, I don't think he follows it exactly. And I think he's actually in, um, I think he's heading towards some health stuff coming up if he kind of continues to burn the candle at both ends and eat too much processed food. And so I think he's going to get another rude awakening, but that's how we learn as humans, right? It's is, is kind of with these you know, cosmic two by fours upside the head of, Hey dummy, you know, you need to figure this out.
0: (laughs) Well, that is how we all learn it. Just hopefully the cosmic uh, board upside the head won't leave too much of a scar.
1: Absolutely. absolutely. that's all you can pray for is that whatever these lessons come that they live through it and yeah, don't leave too big of a scar.
0: Now, going back to chronic Lyme disease, when you had to go and develop your own program to try to help yourself uh, deal with Lyme disease by changing up your diet, you mentioned on your website that eventually, after hard work, you managed to, to a degree, reverse the symptoms of Lyme disease. Can you talk about that process?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it's, um, yeah, I've put Lyme in remission. I've detoxed mold and reversed two out of three of my autoimmune diseases and lost over a hundred pounds. Um, you know, and it's that, that, that dress model that I had spoke about briefly. It's the diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, and supplementation. It's funny because so many people are like, well, okay, Lyme boss, but can you work with somebody who has this, or can you work with somebody who has that? And the beautiful thing about FDN and kind of what we do is that, yes, we can work with any condition. It's it's building that foundation because the whole time I was in treatment for Lyme, doctors weren't asking me if I was pooping daily. They weren't asking me about what my stress level was like. They weren't asking me about my diet. They were just throwing napalm at these critters going to war with my body. And my body had been sick for 30 years. You know, it was in no shape for war. You know, so what we do with FDN is we, we build the body up, right? We remove the hidden stressors on the body, you know, through diet, like I said, lowering inflammation, finding out where your food sensitivities are sleep. If you're not sleeping at night properly, like there's not much else that's going to work properly. So dialing in, you know, your sleep schedule and making sure you get to bed on time and making sure that the environment that you sleep in is, you know, dark and conducive for a healthy night's sleep. Um, let's see, D-R-E. So exercise, getting the right kind of exercise. Stress on the body is stress on the body. And sadly, over-exercising can be just as harmful on a body as not having movement at all. So teaching a person how to move properly while they're trying to heal. And then we got stress reduction and supplementation. So stress reduction, I teach a lot of like somatic experiencing work to help move trauma out of the nervous system breath work to help get the nervous system calmed down. I do bioenergetic work to help get the system to calm down because we can't heal when we're in fight or flight. If there's a tiger that's always in the room, right, you can't heal that way. So you have to get your nervous system calmed down and into rest, digest, and heal. And a lot of times, a lot of us that have got this trauma and this chronic illness, we're just constantly on. The gas is always on. And so we teach you how to put the brakes on a little bit so that the way your body can heal. And then, yeah, and then supplementation. So obviously, you know, trying to figure out what you might be deficient in, what you might need some support in, and then and then getting supplementation that way.
0: That is an amazing uh, program. And it almost feels like, almost like a domino effect. You follow one step, the rest will fall into place and become easier for you having a good diet, making sure that you're sleeping appropriate hours, knowing the right way to move. Now, I want to stress back to what I talked about earlier. I was on with Liza a few weeks ago, and she talked about Lyme disease becoming dormant or lying dormant in our immune system for years and then surfacing, whether it's through a stress trigger whether it's something happens, you get bit by a tick, for example. Now, you've said that your Lyme disease has gone into remission. Is there a possibility of your Lyme disease symptoms resurfacing, or do you have a plan to make sure that that doesn't happen?
1: So it's it's regular maintenance. A lot of times, so it's funny, one of the, one of the best um, Lyme documentaries out there right now is called The Monster Inside Me. And she got better, put Lyme in remission, and then she went back to her old lifestyle. Guess what happened? She relapsed. And I haven't had a relapse in, in, in over three years now, like none. I haven't had any flares, no relapse. And it's because now that i've learned these tools i keep these tools in place you know not to the degree of like when i was actually actively fighting these diseases but you know every week i still you know it starts thursday night i wear a castor oil pack when i go to bed and then the next morning i have a coffee enema and then i go into skin brushing and i do my infrared sauna you know i make sure that the the food that i eat is organic and free of toxins and low inflammatory i keep the stress level down and i say no And don't overextend myself when I possibly can. I make sure to do my breath work and my meditation every day. So it's not, um, okay, I'm better now. And I'm going to go back to the old ways. Like if nothing changes, nothing changes. You know, you're going to go, you're going to go right back to what happened. So I very much have completely changed my lifestyle, my mindset um, to be more conducive to health instead of towards disease. And that's why I think I've been successful.
0: That's very cool. It almost reminds me of when someone is trying to get clean or get sober from having a period of drug abuse or alcoholism. They can give you the tools of, okay, eliminate stress from your life, eliminate the toxic people from your life, find exercise, try to eat healthy, and those things can help you stay clean. But then again, when people fall off that wagon and try to change their lifestyle a little bit, go a little bit back to the way they were, they wind up relapsing. So it's it's very similar.
1: One hundred and ten percent. If you do not, if, if nothing changes, nothing changes. And what's the other one? If you if you fail to plan. You're planning to fail, you know, so it's every day, you know, and I know if I've got like a barbecue coming up, I make sure that I have enough time beforehand to prepare my food to take with me so I don't go expecting food there for me and there's not. And then I starve or I grab for something that I'm going to pay for for days. So, you know, there's little hacks, you know, and in the beginning it can be overwhelming because it's a learning curve. But just like anything else, over time, it just becomes second nature. And I would I have another little saying that I, I, I put up on Facebook not too long ago that my self-care feels like a part-time job, but it's better than being full-time sick, right? A lot of times the reason people get chronic illnesses is because they've put themselves on the back burner for so long. And that's one of the gifts of these diseases, as it actually teaches me now, I have to put myself first right? Because no one else is going to take care of me. There's, you know, there's not another body. There's, there's nothing a way around this. I have to start putting myself first.
0: That's very true. It makes a lot of sense. If you don't take care of yourself, you're going to have health problems down the road, whether it's a chronic illness or not, but the chronic illness almost is like that slap in the face of take care of yourself or I will make your life difficult.
1: Absolutely. I tell people all the time, any symptom, it's always your uh, check engine light coming on, right? And your body, you know, oh, headaches, you know, no matter how common a symptom may be, it is never normal. It is always your body's check engine light coming on and saying, Hey, there's something going on down here. And if you don't figure it out, it's going to get much worse. But what do we do? We reach for those over the counter things, you know, the Advil to get rid of the headache or the, or the, uh, what's that? diarrhea commercial, um, Pepto-Bismol, right. To get rid of the upset stomach and diarrhea. You know, that's just putting a piece of tape over that check engine light. And pretty soon the the problems are going to get 10 times worse. And we're going to be like, Oh, I don't know what happened. I was healthy. I get this told this all the time. I've been healthy my whole life until I got sick. And I'm kind of like, I'm going to call BS on that. I'm going to, I'm going to dig a little deeper. and, And then Find out that, yeah, they've been living with these weird little symptoms for so long that they just thought they were normal.
0: Yeah, they weren't really healthy. They just thought they were at the time. Exactly. So as we're starting to wind down here, um, what other services do you offer besides nutritional planning and where can people find it?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I've got a very comprehensive educational platform coaching. I do lab functional lab work to look for parasites, bacteria, you know, look at your hormones, look at your gut function, look at food sensitivities. Um, I do bioenergetic work and a lot of that trauma type work that I was telling you about. So it's a very, very, um, comprehensive program to help people with these chronic illnesses get better. Uh, and then, yeah, you can find me online at thelimeboss.com and anywhere on social media, The Lime
0: Now, I got one last question for you, because quite often when people have gotten these chronic illnesses, more often than not, they don't know about these conditions going in. So from your point of view, where would be a good place to go and search for more information? If, let's say, for example... They were recently diagnosed with Lyme and they want to learn a little more
1: about it. Um, geez, there's awesome people out there like the Lyme Warrior or um, Dr. Rawls. You know, my website's got a ton of information about Lyme disease, chronic illness, autoimmune. Um, yeah, there's a lot of great resources out there. That's a good question.
0: And we'll have notes to all those in the show notes below. Well, Heather Gray, it has been a pleasure to talk to you, despite the fact that we kind of had to zip right on in in the heat of the moment. But whatever. It has been.
1: Yeah, I forgot that Eastern Standard Time is not three hours ahead of me. It's only two hours ahead of me. So, yeah, I messed that one up. No, it's okay.
0: These things happen to the best of us. But Heather Gray, it has been a pleasure to be educated by the lime boss and that's gonna do it this week for an episode of the sit down standout show i am your host the rolling dragon ben and dykstra she is heather gray and until next time keep calm and roll on.